gorgeous gorgeous people and welcome back to the most delicious life podcast thank you as always for joining me on another episode and today i am going to be reviving the content from an email that i think i sent out back in like may or march or something like that it was a month that started with m and i just think the contents of this email was really important for a lot of people to read um, and I want to bring it back into your lives because I think it's a message that will never die. So today we are doing a short quick fire episode of five things that I would tell my younger self and I actually just want to get straight back into it. So for context, I'm now 26. When I wrote this, I was 25. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I've written this in the same year and I was reading back through this email that I sent and I was like, fuck, like I needed to hear these things today, you know, and this came from my own brain. So that is just why I wanted to bring it to you guys in this podcast format. So my first point is people won't like you more because you are smaller, but they will take more interest in you. And that's on internalized fat phobia. And I learned this the freaking hard way. I feel like this is ingrained in a lot of us, but for me, and yes, it was it, it, it was ingrained in me as well. Like, be smaller, people are gonna are gonna like you more. We've all heard about pretty privilege, but I lived this experience after I finished bodybuilding and when I began to put on a normal amount of weight again. I could not believe the lack of attention that I got because when I was bodybuilding and losing weight and all the stuff, everybody wanted to talk to me every single day. They wanted to know everything about my life. They wanted to know all the ins and outs of what I was doing. And then as soon as I began to look like a regular healthy human, nobody wanted to know shit about me. And I think as a society, when we see somebody have a dramatic change or we see somebody who is that extremely conventionally accepted, you know, way of looking, we either kind of do one or two things. We push them away and we make them an outcast because they are this anomaly and we can't handle that. Or we try and get close to them. We make sure they know that they've changed. We make sure that they know how it's made us feel or not feel. And we try to defend why we haven't changed ourselves. especially yeah, if this person has gone through a physical change. We want to make sure that person knows that like, oh, I'm, I'm not just lazy. There's other reasons why I can't, I haven't achieved X, Y, Z, right? We're searching for validation over our own lack of quote unquote action. Or we are hoping the answer to our own incessant need to conform to beauty standards will rub off on us. So whatever they've done, if you hang out with them, it's going to rub off on, rub off on you and you're going to be able to have that same achievement. But I just really, with this point, want you guys to know that if somebody is trying to be your friend because of how you look, you know, it's a good time to ask, is that really the type of person that I want to have around me? Point number two, hot chips and ice cream are not your enemy. It's the unconscious way that you consume food that needs cleaning up. Because we know food items actually aren't the problem. Even though we've been constantly told our entire lives that it's chocolate, take out chocolate, it's bread, remove bread, just stop eating so much pasta. No, 
a food item is not responsible for your lack of self confidence. It is not responsible for your lack of self-control and a singular food item is not responsible for weight gain either. You know, it's always the external that need fixing, that needs fixing our diets, our appearance, our living situations, our jobs, our relationships. But sometimes what if the problem actually just does begin and end with us? right? Food is not the issue. Our lack of self-control, our lack of awareness to triggers and our misguided solutions are what need revelation, essentially, are what need changing up. We need to be having different types of conversations with our friends that don't just start with, I feel fat today. And then we get this unsolicited advice from our friend being like, oh, well, maybe you should just go on more walks, right? No, why do we feel the need to announce that we feel fat today? Why do we why do we speak about fat as if it is an emotion when we know it's not? It's a describing word to a physical status. And if you actually don't conform to that physical status of being a fat person, then how come we've got girls who are 60 kilos walking around announcing that they feel fat today and that everybody are going, oh, you poor thing and riling up the sympathy, right? It's not the hot chips. It's not the ice cream. It's not the chocolate. That's the problem. It's how you look at food as a reward system as a good and bad system that needs to change. My point number three, no one is looking at your stomach rolls. They're too busy monitoring their own body. And I cannot screen this one enough, you know, and it makes sense that you believe everybody is thinking about you because from your perception, you are the most important person. Of course, you are literally living in your own head, in your own dialogue. However, we forget that everybody feels this way. We are all just absorbed in our own success and failures as much as the next person. So just like we are all overthinking the cellulite on the back of our legs, we're all acting like it is, or we're all acting like the existence of, say, something like cellulite is going to ruin the barista who served you coffee's day. But I can guarantee that your friend sitting next to you at the beach is going to be just fine if you get a little bit of a lower stomach roll. It's not going to ruin her day. It's actually probably going to make her day so much better if you don't need to mention that you've got a stomach roll. If you don't need to mention or if you don't feel that you're not allowed to go and get ice cream after the beach because of that stomach roll, right? How much better would your day be? How much happier would you feel going to bed that night if actually you didn't talk about your bodies to each other in a negative way? Because we know the way we speak about our body is going to rub off on the people around us. It's going to start making us second guess. And you hear it all the time when, you know, maybe your quote unquote skinny friend is like, oh, I don't feel good today. And you're looking at her going, I'm 20 kilos bigger than you. How the fuck am I supposed to feel? Number one, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's toxic because that type of thinking is not validating that your smaller friend can have feelings and can have insecurities. But number two, it's also just perpetrating the standard of what perfection and what beauty needs to be. Point number four, you are enough, you have always been enough, and you will always be enough. Now, you are enough is and still is a statement that I've 
latched onto for a very long time in my life. I would probably say the past like five or six years, you are enough has been a really important statement to me because for so long I used to worry about not being enough right and it was a constant limit that came up for me until I began asking myself what enough actually meant how could I quantify this desire to be enough how would I know when I had achieved the standard of being enough and that's when I actually understood that a goal that has no quantifiable action is it an action that's going to give you anything other than torment? Because I was never, ever, ever going to find what enough was. I was never going to feel like I was enough. It was constantly like standing on a glass edge, just waiting to fall, taking an extra step out because there was no safety net. So I guess like around two years ago, I finally decided that I already was enough. And I really hope that you do this sooner as well. And then my last point is no matter the potential risk, you will always be okay. So do the scary thing. I fucking wish that I had been told this more when I was younger. And I think I have generally always taken risks and done the things that I desired to do growing up in terms of like traveling and moving states and leaving home and changing careers and whatever. However, a lot of these milestones took me one to two years of thinking about before actually doing it. And it's so funny because a lot of people will um, have said that I'm quite impulsive and I'm quick acting, but I'm just impulsive to the exterior world because I will sit and think on something for quite a while until actioning it. So if you've been thinking about doing something for two years, is it really still a risk? You know, it's not always about being impulsive, but it's also not about waiting until you're more comfortable before you act. Because again, can we actually quantify what more comfortable is? And I, this, this makes me think of a conversation I was having with a client recently, and she is a nutrition and mindset client, and she's been wanting to upgrade to um, training nutrition and mindset. And she's been saying like, oh, I'll wait like a couple weeks and then I'll have more money. And this past week, she actually said to me like, no, fuck it, let's start now. And we had this conversation of like, she will just keep saying a couple more weeks, a couple more weeks, a couple more weeks until all of a sudden it's going to be January and she's going to be, fuck. She's going to be like, fuck, I, I haven't even started. And I kept saying I was going to start because you can always say, I'll just wait till I have a little bit more money. I'll just wait until I have a little bit more stability. I'll just wait until the new year. I'll just wait until my next birthday. I'll just wait until forever. <laughs> you can wait forever before doing something. But you're only, but you're not going to get the same amount of benefit out of it. Imagine if you just actioned something now and honestly asking yourself, like, what is the worst thing that can happen when you answer that question realistically, the outcome is usually nowhere near as bad as we maybe once thought it would have been. So I hope that these lessons can provoke something in you today or that this podcast encourages you to reflect on what you would tell your younger self. And if you've got something different that you think you would tell your younger self, please come into my DMs over on Instagram and share them with me. I think everybody's younger self living within them still will value from 
from these little tips, from these little points. So if you want to send this podcast to a friend or post it to your Instagram story, do not forget to tag me and any sharing or talking or recommending you guys do for my podcast. It just makes my heart explode. I appreciate you all so, so much. If you aren't already, do not forget to follow the Most Delicious Life podcast. It helps us so much to get recognized by even more people and grow this community. But Until next time, I love you all and I will talk to you next week. Bye.